Hello and welcome back to My Daily Journey podcast at Come As You Are Ministries. For a copy of the lesson that we'll be using in today's study, go to kjvbiblestudy.com in the basic Bible doctrine section. Be sure to grab your King James Bible, a pen or a pencil, get a good attitude, get a good friend, and help answer those study questions at the end. What a blessing it could be for you to fellowship with others, to study with others, uh, to discuss the Word of God with others, and just to do this basic Bible study together with others. And to journey with us in our daily devotional, be sure to visit our Facebook page of My Daily Journey. The lesson that we're going to be covering today is Basic Doctrine Lesson Number 13, Liberty in Christ. Liberty in Christ. Since all of my sins are forgiven, am I free to do what I please? Oh, that's a that's a question you could probably answer without me explaining it to you. But I'll give you an example. I'd been listening to um, uh, another religion, so to speak. I won't tell you what religion they were, but I was listening to another religion, have a prayer meeting, have a session together, and they said, well, you know how them Christians are. They think that they have free will to go out and sin, unlike us, who have to worship and praise and do things several times a day. And that's just not true, right? We do not have freedom to go out and do as we please. The New Testament's very clear that as saved people, we are no longer bound by any law to please God, but we are under His grace. Many people, however, take this freedom as an opportunity to sin, thinking that they are free to do as they wish. And friends, that is just not true. You have a free choice, but you have a consequence for the choices that you make. The purpose of this lesson is to help the individual understand just what his or her liberties are and what his parameters are in life as a child of God. Am I free to do whatever I want? Personally, with your own life, you're free to make your own choices. We'll look that up in John chapter 8 and verse number 36. John 8, 36 says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. You see, we're free in Christ. We are free to make choices. But there are those consequences of those choices. You are eternally secure in Jesus Christ. When you've accepted, when you've believed in your heart and confessed in the mouth, and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are born into the family. You're born into God's spiritual family and you are a child of God. Amen. If you are generally placed your trust in him as your savior, you cannot go to hell. You will go to heaven regardless of what you do. And let's just back that up with scripture because many people believe that you can walk away. And I want to talk about that a little bit. Galatians chapter two and verse number 16 says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Listen, years and years and years and years ago, 2,000 plus years ago, Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross for our sins. He became the only, the only person that could become sin in the flesh for us that could forgive us of our sin. If it were done by, by works, we would do it. We wouldn't have needed Jesus to begin in the first place. And I have preached that message over and over and over, and I don't know how to say it more clear. If we could do it, we would. If we could do it, God would let us. We can't. Jesus did. Verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, 
For by works of the law shall no flesh be justified. We are not justified. Now don't get me wrong. There are works that we have to do, but not works to be saved other than the accepting and the believing in Jesus Christ. That is work. But we don't do works as we may consider going to a job or doing something or earning something because we can't. So we're eternally secure in Jesus Christ if we've placed our trust in Him as our Savior, regardless of what we do. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. This is one of those ones that if you don't have highlighted and underlined and circled and footnotes written next to, this is a good one to take out your Bibles and your pens and colors and get this one, this one here done. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. And not that of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk with him. I give you an extra verse there. That one's free. I won't charge you for that one. But that's one. Two, eight, nine is one that you want to memorize. That's one of those memory verses that you can discuss with your friends as you um, explain the difference between faith and works and what that means. You are not bound by Old Testament law. Jesus became the propitiation for us between that sin and uh, and for our sin. We are no longer bound by that law. That doesn't mean we don't have commandments to follow. Uh, turn to Romans chapter 2. Uh, 8, 2, sorry. Romans chapter 8, verse number 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. So I have new life in Jesus Christ. However, the liberty you have in Jesus Christ gives you the freedom to do what is right without the constraints of the Old Testament law, as opposed to giving you a license to sin or do what you want. And hopefully that made sense, right? So we don't have the old um, the old sacrifices and things that we had that they did before Jesus, right? We have a faith belief now in Him, not a works belief in Him. Turn to Galatians chapter five. Galatians chapter five and verse number thirteen. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for occasion of the flesh, but love serve one another. Your liberty is not used to feed your sinful flesh. Let's turn back to Romans in chapter 6. Romans 6 and verses number 12 through 18 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God and those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness of God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Here we go. Here's your answer right there, right? Clear as can be, black and white, underlined and circle, highlighted if you will. What then? Verse number 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that who you yield yourselves servants to obey his servants, ye are whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or the obedience unto righteousness? But God be thanked that we are... We were the servants of sin, but we ye have obeyed from the heart that form of the doctrine which has which was delivered you. 
Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Amen. We became the servants of righteousness. Your liberty is provided so that you can serve God. He wants a willing servant, not because he said so necessarily. It is a command. Don't get me wrong again. Sometimes I get a little twisted in my explanations, but I hope I can clear this up for you. We have uh, we have been given liberty. It's been provided that we may choose to serve God. God wants us to serve him willfully and joyfully. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 16. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. You see, we are servants of God and we can do that joyfully knowing that we have liberty and freedom and we get to do it of our own free will. Amen. Liberty consists not in the ability to disobey God with impunity, but in the ability to obey him spontaneously without infective, effective hindrance. Uh, Merle C. Tinney talked about that. How does my freedom affect me personally? You are free to make your own choices but if you choose sin you should be aware of the consequences and I told you there will be consequences for your sins and you need to think about that we not just you let me point back at myself here uh, a pastor friend of mine says you know when I'm pointing a finger at you I've got three more pointing back at me uh, if, if you can picture the gun-shaped pointing finger right uh, ye shall not bear spiritual fruit look we get turned away uh, God turns his back on sin he doesn't like sin doesn't want us to sin we have the right to choose um, but you shall not bear spiritual fruit the things that you should be working for sowing as you reap reaping what you sow uh, those won't come clear when you're in sin turn to John 15 and verses number one through eight I am the true vine and my father is with the husbandman every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away and every branch that beareth fruit he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine no more can ye except ye abide in me I am the vine. This is Jesus. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man bide, abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will do, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Oh, what joy to know that we can be disciples of Jesus Christ. If you can just... Imagine walking side by side with him. The joy that we can have knowing that we get to see God draw other people close and see souls saved. I tell you, there is not a blessing more uh, joyful than to leading somebody to Christ for the first time and seeing them saved. It is such an awesome blessing, an awesome feeling. But look, when we're in sin and we choose sin, God will chastise you as his son. We read this before, but we're going to go back to it in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 5 through 11. 
and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteth and, and scourgeth every one whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God deals with you as with his sons. For what son is whom the father chastiseth not? But if ye be without chastisement, wherefore all the partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. You see, we're sons of God. We're born of that. Furthermore, we had had fathers of our flesh. You think about your own parents. Um, and you think about the corrections or the people who looked after you. There was corrections. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our own flesh which corrected us. And we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father, capital F, of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us unto their own pleasure. But he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, now no chastising for your presence seemeth to be joyous. No, we don't like it, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yielded the peaceable fruit of the righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up thy hands which hang down and, knee, and feeble knees, and make straight the pathways of your feet, lest that which to be lame turned out of the way. But let it rather be healed. You see, we are going to be chastised when we're working in sin. God will allow you to reap as you have sown. Turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. Listen, what you're putting your fruit and your efforts and your hard work into, that's what you'll reap. Are you putting it into the right things? Are you putting it into being a disciple? Are you putting it into walking in the light? Are you putting it into seeing and leading people to Christ and telling them of the magnificent, glorious things he's done in your life? Verse 8, For he that soweth to his own flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting amen just to know that we get to see people that we fellowship with and that are believers and have faith in him we'll get to see them again someday in glory god will get the glory from your life one way or another either as a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor the choice is yours we have free choice. Many people want to know, why would a loving God do this? No, no. God lets things happen. God gives us free will to choose. Uh, we, I had a man tell me the other day, oh, you know what they say. The Bible says an eye for an eye. Well, it does say an eye for an eye, but you need to read the rest of the verse. You need to read the rest of the Bible before you start throwing scripture around. Listen, God does not want us in sin. Even if the Bible says an eye for an eye, that doesn't give us the right to go out there and take life away from somebody who has the opportunity to be changed for the goodness of God. 2 Timothy 2, in chapter number, in verse number 20. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but of wood and of earth, and some of honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be the vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. 
prepared unto every good work. How does my freedom affect those around me? Oh, Lord, help us if we become a stumbling block to someone else. You've heard me say this before. We're on stage. People want to know what we got. People want to know why we're going to church. People want to know why we're reading the Word of God. People want to know why we're praying, why we pray for our meals, why we're giving thanks. People want to know, and they're looking to see if you're different. different, And they want to know, how how can they be so happy? How can they have joy in this life and the struggles and the trials? How does my freedom affect those that are around me? Your life will be a testimony for good or for bad, whether you want it to be or not. Your acts will come through. Turn to me to Romans. Uh, turn with me to Romans chapter 14. Romans 14 and verse number 7 says, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. Whatever we do, someone else sees it. We are a testimony for somebody else. What we do can affect somebody else. You are to avoid the things which could cause a weaker Christian to stumble in his faith. Turn back to Romans 14 and verse number 13. Let us walk honestly in the day. I'm sorry, verse 14. Uh, chapter 14 and verse 13 says, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know I am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of myself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean to him, it is unclean. You see, we have to admit our sin, we have to admit our guilt, and we have to correct those things what may be a stumbling block for somebody else. We are to be a witness, a witness of Jesus to them. Amen. We are to be a witness, a good witness. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians 8 and verse number 9 through 13 says, For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out of the corn. Doth God take care of the poor oxen? Or saith he altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that hath, uh, uh, sorry, and that he that threshes in hope should be partakers of this hope. If we have sown unto the spiritual things, it is great thing if we shall reap your carnal things. If others be partakers of this power over you, are not even rather, nevertheless we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Heaven forbid we hinder the gospel of Christ. We need to be joyous. We need to be excited. We need to be on fire about telling somebody about Jesus today. Look, someone told you about Jesus and God drew you nigh and you believe that's where you that's how you were saved. You confessed your sins. You've asked him into your heart, asked him into your heart to save you and take you to heaven. Have you not done the same for somebody else? Have you not explained that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and that no one can comes to the Father but by Him. If you haven't, you've got work to do, friend. You've got work to do. Bring somebody to the Bible study. Bring somebody to church. Bring somebody a gospel track. Tell them about Jesus today. All right, you are to avoid things which appear wrong, even though they may not be wrong. So things that may offend somebody, in other words. Turn back to Romans chapter 14. Romans 14 and verse number 16 says, let not then your good be evil spoken of. Look, if there's something that is offensive to somebody else, we may not want to do it. We 
may not want to do it. The Bible tells us to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It doesn't tell us to take the Bible and thump people over the head with the gospel. If they won't hear it, if they don't want to hear it, we are to knock the dust off our feet, pray for them, and keep on going. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 22 says, Abstain from all appearance of evil. Your appearance matters. What you wear, the clothing that you wear, what you reveal, and yes, I'm talking about clothing that draw other people to that sinful thought or thing. That is corruption. We are not to be stumbling blocks for people that are trying to be good, that are trying to walk. Look, temptations everywhere. Temptations is hard. You need to not be a stumbling block for somebody else. You are to have a good testimony towards both saved and lost people. In Romans 14, 16, we've seen that. We are to be a uh, good testimony to the saved. Let's turn to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6 and verse number 1 through 3 says, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their wills were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should not leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye among you the seven men of the honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom you may appoint over this business. And then we are also to be uh, witnesses to or have good testimony to the lost. Let's turn to Colossians all the way back here, several chapters. Uh, in Colossians chapter 4, verse number 5 says, Walk in wisdom towards them that are without, redeeming the time. And then in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 7. Moreover, he must have good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and a snare of the devil. Look, friends, the devil is waiting around the corner. He's waiting in the alleys. He's waiting in the dark. And you've heard it from the Bible before. As a lion waiting to pounce on his prey, he wants to attack you. He wants to draw you out and tells you that a little sin is okay. He wants to ruin your testimony. It is up to us to choose right. It is up to us to stay strong and faithful. The purpose of this is to influence them for good in the Lord Jesus Christ. Back to chapter, back to Acts in chapter number eleven. Acts eleven and verse number twenty-two says, and they say, and they said, I'm sorry, wrong one. Let's go back to eleven, verse number twenty-two. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Bar Barnabas that he should go as for as far as Antioch. Who then he came, and he seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, with that purpose of thine heart, would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Ghost and faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Amen. I told you before, there is no greater joy than the day you get to lead somebody to Christ. It is such a blessing and such a, uh, a mark on your account on being faithful to God. What are the bounds of my liberty? There are many gray areas in dealing with certain things you may or may not want to be involved in. In these cases, ask yourself some of these questions. Am I brought under the power or something that should be controlling my life? Think about those things in sin. Am I spending more time doing things that I shouldn't? Uh, look up 1 Corinthians 6, 12. 
Does this edify others or myself? Look at 1 Corinthians 10.23. Can I ask God to bless it with a clear conscience? Listen, there's with all things we are to give prayer, but is it a clear conscience? Is this for my own guilty mind that I want this, for my own pleasure, or is it something that I truly need? That is in Colossians 3.17, Acts 24.16, and 1 Corinthians 10.31. If the Lord returned at this moment, stop for a minute right there pause. I want you to ponder. I want you to think. I want you to look inside yourself. I want you to think about it, what you've been doing and what you're going to be doing in the future. If the Lord returned at that moment, would I be ashamed to be caught in this? Let's turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 8. Who shall also conform you to the end that he may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? That day that Jesus comes, will we be held guiltless? When if the Lord's coming back right then and there, will we be guiltless? Will we be ashamed that we're caught in that moment? Would it cause your br- your brother to stumble if they saw me? If you were doing something and your brother was to step away and join in those things, you're you're put, becoming that stumbling block for them. Uh, back to Romans. Let's go to chapter 15, 1 and 2. Romans 15. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not please ourselves. Let every one of these please his neighbor for his good to edification. So we don't want to be that stumbling block. We don't want to cause them to stumble. Also in Romans 14 and uh, verses 13 through 15. Would it cause a lost person to reject the Lord Jesus Christ as a savior? Friends, I got to tell you, there are many of us that have been playing church and not playing uh, playing into the righteousness that we're supposed to. And there are many people that have seen and say, I don't want what they got. And I hope that's not any of you listening today. Does, does that sinner, does that unbeliever want what you've got? Do they want the Lord Jesus? Do they want that salvation? Do they want that joy that you have the day that you are saved? That's what you need to ask yourself. If a lost person is looking at you and rejecting it because of the the sinful ways that you're leaving, you've got some cleaning up to do. You've got some disgusting to do with God Almighty. Does my conscience condemn me for it? Amen. I've been on the bed and I've been on the bad side of that stick. Uh, my conscience has beat me up more than once. First Peter chapter three and verse number 16. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. So we want to be of good conscience. We want to have clear conscience. Is my conscience finding guilt of something that I did? You can get that right. You know, we, it doesn't give us a right to sin because we're Christians, but it doesn't say we won't sin because we're Christians. We will still commit sin. We will still fall down on our faces and we need to come back to God and we need to come back to Jesus and we need to clean that up. Some basic questions. How do I achieve the balance between my liberties and other people's needs? Only through the power of the Holy Spirit as you walk with him. Second Corinthians, second Corinthians in chapter two or chapter three. Are there 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 says not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves but our sufficiency is of God who also hath made us able ministers of the new testimony not of the letter 
but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Uh, I tell you what, I, I enjoy these Bible studies. I sure hope you're getting as much out of them as I am. I've been through them several times, and uh, it just it brings me joy to be able to tell you about Jesus and what he's done for me in my life. And I pray that you have that strength to go out there and tell somebody about what Jesus has done in your life. God bless you. Thanks for traveling with me on my daily journey. Be blessed.